0: Welcome to the Dementia Caregiver Talk Show, a podcast to help you navigate the senior care maze. Learn and laugh with us as we discuss creative solutions and ideas to common and uncommon dementia care challenges and how to make sense of the senior care industry and options, even if you're not a professional. And welcome to the Dementia Caregiver Talk Show, episode 16. We're humming along. I'm here with Joanne Westbrook. Hey, good morning. Good morning. And today we have a, a, an interesting topic that's actually also very important. And I think a lot of people don't think about it that much. And right. it is hospital stays in dementia. Yeah. I mean, sort of what is different about a hospital stay if a person has dementia and, and what are some of the things you need to consider? Yeah. Well, you know what's... Uh, What is really the challenge with
1: dementia, first of all, is that as a general rule, people will go to the hospital, but dementia is a second diagnosis. They're not there for their dementia. So the recognition that this person has dementia is not on the radar. Right. Now, what do you know about hospitals as far as how people... Uh, do they know anything about dementia? Do
0: they know how to treat people? Um, so from what, from what I've heard, not so much, I, shall we say it's not the primary focus. Exactly. Yeah. Well, when
1: you go to the hospital, I'm assuming that you think you're going to get better before you go home. Hopefully <laughs> that's the general. Okay. Yes. The doctors are there to cure you and the nurses are too. Yes. And with dementia, that it's such a different thing altogether. But here's what happens, and I have to throw a few of the statistics at you just because it will help you understand why TIPA did this uh, program. Uh, to help people understand this, the difficulties that you're going to face. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard enough to be in the hospital. Have you ever been in the hospital now?
0: Uh, luckily, only uh, in the ER once, but not overnight. I was out a few hours later, so I yeah. didn't have an actual stay.
1: But the ER is also
0: horrifying. Yes. And that's- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a particularly helpful experience. I well, I will begin just
1: by saying that the hospitals have different rules. Right. Uh, Then the nursing homes and Mm -hmm. anyone else. And I mean to say that by the fact that if they become difficult, if they look as though they're going to get out of bed and wander off, they can tie them down and they can also over medicate them in order to keep them calm. Because how would you feel if you were tied down? Would you be agitated? Uh,
0: Probably. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So
1: tie them down and then they get agitated. So they give them more meds. Wow. So that's the number one huge issue that that comes along. But but let me tell you this that when you go in the hospital and let's say you're you're in there for something other than your dementia mm-hmm. just because the dementia is an underlying doesn't mean it's not going to affect the diagnosis of the first thing that you have. Right right? So that what it really means is that it's going to probably impact you by about 75% more on the very first thing that you went in there for. Wow, Your stay is going to be longer. Okay, It's wow. going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, your, the outcome is probably not going to be as positive. Hmm. And that's because that dementia has such an effect on that person. So, of course, the diagnosis wasn't looked at as far as, oh, that might be another problem there. They didn't even look at it. And that's, you know, that's pretty scary when you think about it. So here's some statistics that I think you'll find kind of interesting. So let's just say this is a hospital in New York. Okay. Okay, we'll give you this. So if dementia is the primary diagnosis for admission in only about 9% of cases, but... The secondary diagnosis is over 40, 45%. So if only 9% ever go in there with, you know, another diagnosis, 45% of those people still have dementia.
0: That's kind of, you see what I mean? Okay. So So, yeah, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's, it's not on the radar. No, it's not not at all. Wow. Yeah, so they're looking at, oh, this
1: person broke their hip. Okay, that's why they're here. Right. They don't even think about the fact that if that person broke their hip, they probably broke it because they had dementia and they fell. Right. Oh, no, they don't think about that. So the other part of that is that there are more women admitted with men with the diagnosis of dementia, 35% to 65% in the hospital. So women, much higher rate than – and it's – to me, it's very scary. Right? Why? You know, women are more stressed out, have right. more jobs, do more things, and have a tendency to come down with dementia more than men do. Wow! It's their fate in life since we're such multitaskers.
0: <laughs> Not a good thing in
1: this wow. case. But it's
0: right. but it's interesting, like you said, the uh, the fact that a lot, let's say somebody falls because of the dementia, but That's they go right. in there and treat it for the acute exactly the fall, but they don't actually look at what caused the fall. So it's, it's, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Because that's the, that's the focus, right? Let's fix the hip. Let's fix that. And And unfortunately the the outcome of that becomes much worse for them because of the dementia. Mm -hmm. So here's another, and I think you and I know this because we've worked with TIPA, but feeding tubes are still being used. In hospitals, you know, you go in there with a feeding tube Mm -hmm. and your chances change dramatically. But the interesting thing is 50 percent more African-Americans and nursing home residents get the feeding tube almost automatically. Wow. Still today. Right. And 17 percent of those people are going to wind up keeping those. Yeah. And that's bad. And the thing is, people think that that's going to help them by putting the feeding tube in. The outcome is not any better. If you had done it or not done it, it's not going to change. Wow. But it is, um, think about the fact that someone who has dementia doesn't know what that feeding tube is. Right. What is in your stomach? Think about stomach acid. If they pull that out, it's going to be getting all over your skin. I mean, there's all kinds of complications. And once again, the diagnosis didn't look at the dementia. So that's, you know, that's the other thing. But this is really the one that really got to me because I have this thing about pain. Right. (laughs) I don't like it. No. So, yeah. So let's compare since we're talking about uh, hip fractures Let's compare a person who does not have dementia with someone who does. Right. Okay. Right. So they're both going to get the same number of procedures, whether they have dementia or not. Okay. The same type of procedure, but the person who has dementia gets one fourth the pain medications and three times the antipsychotics.
0: Ooh. Wow. Oh.
1: So what? That's awful. (laughs) It is. You know, we talked in one of our uh, other um, episodes about the fact that antipsychotics are for schizophrenia. They are not designed anyway for dementia. And yet they're still giving them to people with that. So the one thing we talk about all the time is aspirin or acetaminophen every four hours can basically cover a great deal of the pain rather than doing a PRN. Don't do a PRN. What's PRN? PRN um, on, you know, like when they need it, only when they ask for it. Oh, okay. So okay. here's yeah. the problem with that. Are they going to ask for it? No, that,
0: that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. So if you have dementia, I mean, depending on what stage you're in, but right. if you start to have, you know, communication oh, difficulties, yeah. you might be in pain, but you might be unable to Yeah, they're ask. Going to you are not verbalize. Ask or for that
1: matter, because the sensation and everything is all messed up with the dementia, right. they may not be able to tell you where the pain is. Right. So it's complicated. Yeah. But if you just on a regular basis have something for pain other than an antipsychotic, right. you'll do much better. And it should be like every four hours. Seriously. Okay. If you yeah. exp- In other words... If I knew it was going to give me pain, right. I would assume the person who has a broken hip is going to also be in pain so absolutely you know so yeah. that's the idea and right. sometimes you have to make the doctor understand that
0: yeah it's like only because they're not asking for it doesn't mean they don't need it <laughs> exactly and, and you know yes we don't want to give unnecessary medications but at the same time you don't want the person to be in, in pain, pain so you have to be their advocate and absolutely. say listen.
1: Now we're yeah. going to talk about that is the big part of what we want to talk about today yeah. is what are we going to do when, when they're in there? Yeah. So one of the things I will tell you is that if you do advanced planning ahead of time, right. this is critical. The outcome and the satisfaction of the resident and the family is 100% more. When you go in in a crisis mode and you're not prepared, the outcome is always going to be bad. Mm -hmm. So your idea of being able to have everything written out and prepared ahead of time is critical. Yeah. Because this is going to be hard enough on both the person and the family. So,
0: you know, advanced planning is really critical. And actually, and I'm going to throw it out there, I'm going to mention it later. We actually have a download uh, for our listeners on that. Yeah. Um, and so it's, uh, I think two, two files. Yeah. One is, uh, what you want to bring, what you, what you want to pack in your bag for the hospital, right. You know, like, right. and, and there's some really good you know, things you need to bring, paperwork, obviously medications, but there's also some activity ideas. Yes. And then the other file is, and we had offered this before, and I think it's really helpful, is the personal medical history oh, sheet where... Huge. You, huge. It's like, I mean, you look at the sheet and don't get overwhelmed. There's a lot of fields you have to fill in, but you just have to remember, you only, I mean, you do it once, you fill it all in, and then if there's a medication change or something, you just update it real quick. And what that does is if, let's say, God Absolutely. forbid there was a crisis, we hope not, but if there was, you could just grab the most up-to-date cheat take it with you and then at the hospital give it to the physician yeah and they will have an idea exactly what medications are they on because frankly in a crisis mode i wouldn't be able to remember that if he asked me for medications i might give you a small fraction of them and then later go oops i forgot to mention and by the
1: way when you say that Valerie, keep in mind that when, when it's a crisis mode and you're bringing somebody in that has whatever diagnosis but still has dementia They're going to be agitated. Take a look at a hospital room. They don't know where they are. The bright lights, the noise, all of that is going to cause them to be agitated. And the first thing they're going to do is try to give them a medication to calm them down. So, you're starting off already yeah.
0: with an, uh, too much medication. Yes. And, just and, for anxiety. Oh, and then they need, I mean, they need to know what medications you're on. Yes. If you, if you want to avoid uh, interactions between yeah. them, which can be yeah. really bad. So, if you, if you are interested in that, you can get those uh, downloads. Uh, we have those for free uh, on our website. And you want to go to www.pineseducation.org forward slash hospital. So it's www.pineseducation.org forward slash hospital. And I'm going to put that in the show notes. Yeah. So it'll be in
1: there. It's you won't have to learn. You won't have to remember. Right. Right. (laughs) But what I'm going to tell you is and bringing that up is Mm. to get ready. So you're going to get this form, which we call a hospital bag. Right. (laughs) This is what you're going to put everything and have it together. And by the way, you can do that ahead of time. Those of us who live through hurricanes know that you need to have something set aside in case of a hurricane. And you just grab it
0: and you go. (laughs) Exactly. Because you won't have time to pack in a moment of emergency. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's the
1: same thing that women do when they're pregnant. They know they're going in the hospital. They pack all of that because the moment the water breaks... They you're grab going your suitcase and you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same concept. You have it packed away. It's ready and you know what you're going to take exactly. when you get there. Yeah. The other thing I'm going to tell you, which is really important is you need to build a team. Um, you have to have other people to share the load with you. If you can't be with that person 24 seven, and let me tell you, you need to be, because we're going to talk about why then you need to have family. You need to have friends. You need to have someone who can watch over that person. A hospital is not for a person with dementia. Mm -hmm. It is not designed that way. Um, And so here's my other concept to you too. If you have someone who's in the later stages of dementia you, you might want to make a decision as to whether you really want to take them to the hospital. Okay. Sometimes you might want to be talking to someone who can help you with palliative care or hospice because putting them in the hospital changes their physical abilities and they become worse and much worse and the outcome is usually not the best. So really think about whether you really want them to go to the hospital, is it urgent? That's a different situation, Mm -hmm. but if it's a simple thing, I would try to consider something else other than going to a hospital. Unfortunately, they just simply are not designed for people with dementia. It's an awful thing, (laughs) but, um, you know, it is a choice. So when you do, when you have a choice, that means you need to decide with your physician or with someone else, what Mm -hmm. can we do besides going into the hospital and just make that, you know, decision. Um, I would ask the doctor also if there are any procedures or anything else that can be done somewhere other than the hospital.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: if there's things that you need to have or whatever, can it be done in the home with home health? In other words, do you really want to go through that trauma? Can it be uh, taken care of by a nurse that comes into the house? Because you're going to be in your surrounding. You're not going to be in a crazy, loud, place
0: the strange people I don't noises. know who why yeah. am i
1: here what's going on yeah. yeah um so also if you're in the hospital make sure that you ask if you can continue the same meds that you're on because once they get a hold of that and start changing your medications oh you come home you're a different person it's going to be hard to get them settled down again and all of that so be thinking about that now if your insurance will allow, try to get yourself a private room. The distraction of having a shared room with someone who has dementia is really hard. Really, really hard. The other thing is, um, I'm sh- and I've done this before with uh, with other family members, um, get a recliner in the room because mm. somebody is going to be spending the night there. Mm. I guarantee you do not want to leave them there alone at night. Have you ever been in? Well, you haven't, but I will Mm. tell you. (laughs) In the middle of the night and you're sound asleep, they wake you up to give you your sleeping pill at three o'clock in the morning. What? How would you do that with somebody with dementia? And yet they do that. And it's just the strangest thing, but they're like on a schedule. Okay, you need to get this. You need to. It's crazy. So... (laughs) For the person who's the caregiver, remember to take some deep breaths. Right. <laughs> Calm yourself down. <sighs> uh, but if you have a team and prepared ahead of time, this is going to go much easier. Mm-hmm. But all of the things that happen are just, you know, let me tell you about your environment, number one. First thing you need to let the nurses know that you're going to be there to help them, okay? you need to make your nurse your friend mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you do well with the nurse, your loved one will get really good care. Right. So a part of that, and I hate to say it that way, but that's sometimes, yeah. if, you know, nurses are, are stressed. They have a lot to do. Yes. And somebody with dementia is going to be very taxing. So if you tell them you're going to be there to help keep them calm and you're going to, if, if it's okay with them, you're going to let them go to the bathroom. You'll go with them. All of those things. What happens when they serve meals and there's nobody in the room? Val.
0: Oh, they will probably just put the uh, the tray there and then walk off. <laughs> yes, uh, which is not probably not going to work well. No. for yeah,
1: and they'll do that for all the meals. And the thing right. about it is, they don't have time to sit there because what you need. I love this, by the way. Uh, Tipa did this whole DVD on on hospital stay. Right. She has a a visual of the of the meal time. You literally have to go over there, take the have you seen a tray before where yeah. they have plastic everything covered? right, and then it's,
0: yeah, it's exactly, like it's covered so you don't see the food right,
1: yeah, yeah, and then the the fork and knife are all in plastic and right. wrapped, and there's no way that person's going to be able to eat unless you have somebody there to assist them, and then when they come back to the room and nobody ate, well, I guess they're not hungry, so they take it away. <sighs> this is this is just one of the many you know, dilemmas. And if there isn't somebody in the room and that patient gets up to go to the bathroom and they fall, mm-hmm. now we have a, another issue. And so then they're going to get tied down because they can't take the chance of having them wander off down the hall. Yeah. So families
0: set up 24 seven, literally, you have to be there all the time. Yeah. Because I mean, like even, sorry, with the food, I just, so if I, <laughs> I envision it in my head and if you take the tray and put it on the table besides the bed. So if you're the person with dementia, as we know, that your field of vision shrinks. Yes so you can only see let's, you know, if you had the goggle looks or at some point binoculars. you have the binocular. Yeah. you can you don't see anything on the sides. No? You would never even know the food is exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. So people and do you think the
1: hospital people there are trained with dementia?
0: No. No.
1: So they really don't even they're not even thinking about vision. They're not thinking no. about the ability that this person, first of all, depending on what level they're in, they do not understand the
0: words that the nurse is saying to them anyway. Right. So that's, you know, that's part of it. Yeah. And I think we want to clarify we're, you know, I mean, the people, highest respect to nurses, oh, and hospital course. care staff. I mean, they they're do no. the best they can. It's just, like you said dementia is not their focus and they have a gazillion other things on their mind and to do. so yeah and again they're there to cure you help you get you out exactly yeah you don't go to the hospital
1: thinking when you go home you're going to actually be worse no (laughs) no you know but the the reality is when somebody goes to the hospital and they do have that underlying diagnosis right when they get home things are going to be much worse for them Mm -hmm. they're not you know their chances are probably much slimmer but the time to get out mm-hmm. but um something to think about for you is to turn the television off
0: right because that's, that's extra noise right? external noise right? <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. need
1: it the telephone ringer you're already getting overhead announcements and <laughs> so if you can close the door and keep the lights down low and be able to even play some soft music in there and Do some sort of interaction with that person, whether it's reading, whether it's singing a song, it doesn't matter. But your goal is to try and uh, maximize their independence. Otherwise, as I said, they can tie them down. And you know what agitation will come from that.
0: That would be horrible. You know, so
1: it's always about that. And to me, you need to tell the doctor not to ask questions to the person that has dementia. They cannot answer those questions correctly or they may not understand it. But number one, please don't talk over the patient. Ask the doctor to step outside or the nurse and have that conversation. It's very embarrassing to that person, Mm. number one, Mm. but especially if they still understand what's going on. Um, But the person may not be able to give the doctor correct information anyway. And it's better for the loved one who knows that person to be able to explain what's been happening. You know, that's just kind of a basic thing. Um, Any always, of course, with the food, go back, let you fill out the menu. You take care of those responsibilities. Because again, the dietary person is gonna come down and see you didn't fill anything out and-
0: Well, they must not want dinner then.
1: I guess they don't want breakfast or whatever. I'm just not gonna worry about it. Mm. But um, it's really important to think about um, if that person has other physical issues, like hearing issues, whatever it happens to be, make sure the staff knows about that too. So your nurse becomes the person that you connect with. Now, remember, Mm -hmm. they they rotate. Right. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) You know, so you have several different people that you're going to be dealing with. And to me, that's really critical. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't matter what, whether you're in a nursing home or a hospital, the person who's caring for your loved one becomes your family. And the more you can make them feel empathy for that person, understanding what's going on, the better that will go for you and for them. So that's pretty much critical. And again, ask questions about anything that you're not sure of mm-hmm. um, because you want to know what's coming down the pike, what's, gonna, what's next, are we doing x-rays? How can I help keep her calm or him calm until this whole set of tests or whatever are done? Just let me know and I will make those plans. You know, I'll, I'll work on it. Mm-hmm. But it's just that it's so frightening uh, to to know that you go into a place where they're not prepared because they truly don't know what to do with this person.
0: Right.
1: So that's up to you. But if you're a lone person, remember, twenty four seven in a hospital, it'll kill you. You got to have another person, maybe who can take over at night and stay there, just to be the advocate in the evening, because. The advocate is number one when it comes to dementia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got, I love the fact that we have so much in the resources and information. We do. This. We do. Great. Yeah. Why don't you like, tell Yeah. About
0: like, that? like Joanne mentioned, we actually have a training program with dementia yeah. care expert, Tupa of Snow, uh, about hospitals, yes. about hospital stays and, and how you can really, you know, make sure that, you know, you can, like Joanne said, be an advocate for the person. Right. Uh, for your person with dementia and how to have, in essence, the best outcome yes, possible absolutely. from your hospital stay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put that uh, on the page where you can download the free yeah. file. So we yeah. actually have some video clips, so you can you can view the video clips if you're interested. In it. And I'm going to put the links underneath it. And uh, Well, that
1: hospital uh, bag, as we call it, yes, which is a list yep. of what to bring is so incredible it is Mm -hmm. so detailed Mm -hmm. it will tell you things you won't even you wouldn't even think about right and um but like i said if you create your own hospital bag and you know that there is a possibility anyone with dementia at some point or another whether it's a crisis or whether it's just another condition that's probably going to happen so knowing that you're prepared with your sheet that says everything about who that person is all your meds and you have the right clothes and the right entertainment things, and you're going to take it with you, you'll do really well. Yeah. You'll do really well.
0: Thank you, Joanne. No, you're very really yeah, welcome. I appreciate it. And again, if you uh, those sheets you can find at www.pineseducation.org forward slash hospital.
1: And that is already on the, yes. the sheet that you're sending out, right? Uh, the, the link?
0: Uh, the link, yes. Yeah, okay. I'm going to put that in the show notes underneath. Oh, Perfect. So. Okay. All right. Thank you, Joanne. I really appreciate it. I think it's a lot of uh, critical information that, that you wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't think about, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. If you haven't done
1: it, it's it's surprising. Yeah. So we don't want anybody surprised. We want you to be no. successful.
0: No, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, all right. Thank you, Joanne. And thank you. Thank you everybody for attending and we hope to welcome you back soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye-bye.